All right. Well, guys, uh, it's good to see everybody today. And um, a couple things. Um, number one, um, per usual, we're not going to have worship on the tail end just because we're outside. And we are very cognizant of um, parents and the great job that you're doing. So everything's going to be uh, abbreviated uh, today in terms of how we share things. Um, lest I have to change the message in the middle and uh, like start speaking to uh, something that's going on. So um, guys, I also wanted to say, though, that today is a very special today. One of our very own worship leaders, Natalia's birthday is today. <laughs> so... So we love her and appreciate her and make sure to uh, show her the love uh, after the uh, service, please. Um, I also wanted to say, can everybody hear in the back? Is that OK? OK. So I also wanted to say that um, even uh, even during the strike, we're praying. If you are a teacher in here, we are uh, praying for you and that the uh, situation would resolve itself over the course of the next several hours, not days, but hours, uh, as things are uh, still in deliberation right now. So please continue to be in prayer for um, our teachers, for our city, our administration, um, for all that are being affected by this, over 300,000 students that are out of school right now, and the parents um, who are having to make adjustments as things are being um, talked through. Um, so we just want you to know that we are praying for you. Um, but in light of the uh, strike, if for some reason the strike continues uh, for the next several weeks, we do have the benefit of um, using this space for our morning service. And then for the duration of the strike, we will have a 5 p.m. service at the uh, New Life Church at 5 p.m., okay? So if weather does not permit on a particular Sunday for us to be outside in the morning, we will still worship God together at 5 p.m. over at that other location, okay? So we are prepared, we're, um, we're ready, and we're gonna still press forward in the kingdom for all that God has for us, okay? So that is, um, that's what we're doing. But today, as an abbreviated message, what we want to do is uh, actually just respond to what we've um, been talking about, not necessarily the strike in general, but um, in an abbreviated fashion, we're going to continue our seasons message. Um, but today we're going to talk about surprising seasons, okay? Surprising seasons, because uh, this was a bit of a surprise. Um, to all of us. And so we thank you for um, continuing to be faithful to God and worshiping him um, in the midst of the surprises that we have. Um, but we all know that um, in, in general, in life, there are seasons that we can all prepare for, right? Um, the Bible even talks about even after uh, God flooded the earth and basically came back with the promise of never destroying the earth again with the flood after the time of Noah, he said in Genesis 8:22 that while the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And so according to the promise of God and the stability of God, how many people appreciate stability? <laughs> okay, it's like according to the stability of God, he said there are certain seasons that you can prepare for and that you can look for. Um, obviously, we need to be people like that in the city of Chicago, right? We know every, every year, regardless of what we want or what we like, winter is coming, right? And so we can prepare for winter and we can prepare. And anybody who's ever thought about coming to Chicago but has been turned off by the winter and discouraged by it, I just told them, hey, listen, man, all you need to be is prepared. You know, get, a, get right gear and you'll be good. And it's one of the best cities on planet Earth to live on, live in. Does everybody believe that? Okay. And so as long as we're prepared for the seasons that are coming. 
but at the same time, you have to ask yourself the question, what do you do when you find yourself in a season that you did not expect? What do you do when you find yourself in a season of life or of circumstance that you didn't expect, whether it be relationally, whether it be financially, whether it be something in your health, whether it be something that has to do with uh, your trajectory of life, uh, the plans that you are making for life and how you are trying to build, even unto the glory of God, how you are going forward and the things that you are planning for. And at some point in life, though we can prepare for most seasons, right, there are going to be seasons that hit us that we don't expect. Has anybody ever been through a season that you haven't expected before, okay? Well, if you haven't yet, you're young, and the thing is, yeah, and the thing is, you will eventually get there, but we want to know, let you know that you have the Word of God to encourage you in the midst of seasons that you do not expect to continue to encourage you, help you, and to actually empower you to live for God wholly and faithfully all those days. So today, if you are taking notes, what we're going to do is we're going to divide it up briefly into three parts. Number one, what I wouldn't have expected... <laughs> Number two, what I wouldn't have done. <laughs> and then number three, what I couldn't have imagined. Okay? What I wouldn't have expected. Number two, what I wouldn't have done. And then number three, what I couldn't have imagined. Because in all of these things, we know that regardless of what we would have expected in our seasons or not, God is not surprised. <laughs> by the unexpected seasons that we find ourselves in, and he has a plan in the midst of the unexpected seasons that we find ourselves in if we trust him. I love Pastor Cole's message last week talking about our hearts being tilted to go towards God regardless of the season that you find yourselves in, right? And that produces a, a sense of fruitfulness and a, a sense of stability regardless of what we're going through externally that will help us to prosper in the seasons in which we find ourselves. But what we want to start with is starting by talking about what I wouldn't have expected. And the truth is, is that God's good for the advance of his kingdom and for the believer, meaning you and I, comes in the midst of unexpected seasons. God's good for the advance of his kingdom and for the good of the believer comes in the midst of unexpected seasons. So if you have a Bible today, let's turn to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, we're going to read verses 1 through 8 together. And if you don't have a Bible, you can look on the screen. I'm just playing. But you can, <laughs> I know, I know. But, but if you need a Bible, I have one. <laughs> Anybody need a Bible? <laughs> okay. All right. So, you want to write? Okay. All right. So, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. It says, And Saul approved of his execution. This was right after the uh, martyr of uh, the death or the martyrdom of Stephen, who was being a witness for Jesus, as the church of God was increasing in number and people were coming to Jesus rapidly in the midst of the Jerusalem community. But at the same time that the good news of God was spreading, we also see that there was persecution that was breaking out against the church. And in the midst of this persecution, there was a man who was a deacon of the church. So. We just appointed our deacons, and shortly after the appointment of deacons, one of them got martyred. So, thank you, deacons. So, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but in the midst of in the midst of that martyrdom, God continued to move in the midst of the unexpected season. It says, "And there arose on that day 
a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip. When they heard him, and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. And so what we see is that in the midst of the advance of God's kingdom, you would have thought that, okay, once God gets this ball rolling, there's no stopping it, right? We all live for the sort of sense of momentum in life, right? where you get on a roll, whether it be in your academics, your relationships, your finances, your career, and then once you've put in the time, you want to reap the reward of all of your investments, right? You want to reap the reward of the time, the effort, the energy, the labor that you've put into the life, the relationships, all of the things that you're putting your hands to, even in the kingdom. And you better believe that the, uh, the people of God in this instance wanted the same thing. But then all of a sudden, in the midst of it, there was a persecution that broke out amongst the people of God. And you would have thought that in that instance that the work of God would have halted or would have stopped. And you would have thought to yourself or thought in the midst of that, they were asking themselves the question, God, so much is going well. So much has been invested in this gospel and this time and this effort that I've put into advancing your purposes in the earth. Now, why of all times is this season coming upon us of persecution that looks to interrupt the gospel going forward in the midst of Jerusalem? But if you look back a few chapters in the book of Acts, you'll see that God's intention was never to keep the gospel just in Jerusalem. God's intention was never to keep the gospel just amongst the Jewish believers. Though the gospel is first to the Jew and then to the Gentile, meaning that it's first given to the people of God who were the natural-born Israelites and then to the rest of the world, he says people were getting pretty comfortable in Jerusalem, enjoying all of the favor and the increase of the kingdom in that time. And so you could have imagined that over the course of time, they thought to themselves, well, things are pretty good in here in Jerusalem. We've got the temple, we've got worship, people are coming to Christ. Why think about doing anything else? But how many people know that in the midst of those good times, God was the one who allowed the persecution? Anybody realize that? God was the one who allowed the persecution. He didn't author the persecution. There's a big difference, right? He wasn't trying to come against his people, but he did allow it. He did allow it. And what we see is that in the midst of the bad that happened, the persecution that took place, the people of God got on the move again. And we see that the scripture clearly says that in that time, in the midst of that unexpected season, everyone, everyone except the apostles, except the people who were originally preaching the word and spreading the gospel in the midst of Jerusalem so that the number of disciples were increasing rapidly. 
everyone except those people were scattered. And in the midst of the scattering, the scripture says that they preached the word, not the apostles, but the people who were scattered, who had the unexpected season come upon them. They were scattered and those people preached the word wherever they went. The people who were otherwise comfortable saying, yay, Peter. Yay, John. Good word. Good word, Thomas. Yes, good. <laughs> I'm going to come back next week and, you know, enjoy that message again. But when that unexpected season came, they were scattered and then they began to actually do the thing that God had commanded in the first place. So it was the unexpected season that brought them into the purposes of God and the advance of the kingdom of God. It actually ended up being for the good of the people who were scattered. Because unless they were scattered, they probably would have lived in the comfort that they found themselves. Has anybody ever been in a season like that before? We get just used to the rigmarole. We get used to our routines. We get used to our levels of comfort that we have on a daily basis. I know that even myself, I know I've shared this before, but for those of you I haven't, I remember even being in ministry years ago. And in 2011, I was, I was going around doing different ministry works, not only in Durham where we were sent from, but we were, I was a missions pastor for our church, so we were helping get churches started in other parts of the world. We would go back and forth, and God bless B, she held it down. She held it down with our family, and coming back and forth, I remember coming back from one particular mission trip to Poland, and in the midst of our Polish mission trip, on the flight back, from London. Let me tell you, if you ever have an overseas trip, get up and walk around. Because when I did not get up and walk around, I came back and I was meeting with Cole one day and we were having our normal meeting and I started spitting up some blood. And I said, Cole was like, Roland, you okay? I said, oh yeah, Cole, it's nothing. <laughs> I said, it's fine. You know, just a little congestion, I believe. <laughs> you know, and I kept spitting up blood and I kept spitting my blood. And he was like, um, Roland, I think there's a problem. <laughs> you know? and, and I went finally and I went home to my wife and I, I went to lay down. And I said, you know, well, I'll be fine. Just need to lay it out, lay it down, walk it off or whatever. You know, have that old athlete mentality, you know, it's sort of like you're limping and you're just like, you know, just walk it off. Just keep playing. You know, and so, and so she, I laid down on the bed and be like, Roland, I want to take you to the hospital. Are you okay? She, I was like, no, 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 I'm good. B. And then she was like, how, how are you feeling? I was like, on my back, well, I, on my back, I feel like I, I'm, I'm suffocating. And if I'm on my stomach, I feel like I'm drowning. But if we order some pizza, I'll, you know, <laughs> I think I'll be fine. And she was like, Roland, things aren't fine. And so eventually, when I didn't have my breath about me, she finally was trying to speed me to the hospital. And we were stuck in rush hour traffic. And so I was starting to tell her about the life insurance policy I had, <laughs> you know, and how everything's going to be okay. I'm going on to glory, you know, <laughs> and be turned up the music so the kids wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be disheveled. But what happened is that unexpectedly, I was forced into a season where I was bedridden for several months because I had a pulmonary embolism. A pulmonary embolism coming back from a mission trip where I was preaching the gospel, seeing people get saved, and then like believing that all things would continue well as they always had been. 
But how many people know that in the midst of traveling here, there, and everywhere, it is hard to balance what you do outside of the home and have a devoted prayer life at the same time? And over the course of traveling here, there, and everywhere, sure, I was preaching here, there, and to everybody, but my prayer life had diminished. And I, you better believe that in the course of those months when I was bedridden and couldn't get out of bed to do anything, I was calling out to God in a fresh new way. And the intimacy that I was able to establish during that time of suffering, during that time of pain, during that time of an unexpected season came upon me and I was able to develop a root system that's lasted me years after years after the unexpected season came upon me. And so ultimately, what I did not want led to something that advanced the kingdom of God because everything that we've been through since then has been on the back of the prayer life he developed during that time. It was the unexpected season that prepared me for that. And truth be told, as the second point, it helped me and pushed me to do what I would not have done. What I would not have done left to myself. If that unexpected season did not come upon me, I probably would have kept going. Kept going as I always had been. And for those of you who are even studying for ministry now, let me tell you something. There is some activity that you can find yourself in. But unless you have the root system in God, eventually the life will hit you and you will dry up. That is the truth. Whether you're in ministry or not, you need to have a root system in God that keeps you. And unless the unexpected season came upon me, I would not have slowed down enough to develop what I needed to keep me. Now, I'm not saying that anybody has to have that happen to them for that to occur. Okay? But we know that if you are in an unexpected season right now, you can ask God the question, what is it that you're trying to get my attention about? What is it that you want me to develop during this time that you want to encourage me to do, push me to do that I wouldn't have done on my own? In the midst of the Jerusalem church, they would have been comfortable staying right where they were if they hadn't been pushed out. But because of the persecution, they were forced to do what they wouldn't have done on their own. And it ended up being for their good and God's glory. Their good and God's glory. There was a woman named Corey Ten Boone who actually told us how to respond in the midst of unexpected seasons. And if you know anything about Corey Ten Boone, she went through a lot. Okay? And she said this, though, that where people are often in unexpected seasons tempted to detach themselves from God, that's the time that you need to press in most. Press in most rather than detaching yourself during unexpected seasons. You do not detach yourself from God. You do not detach yourself from His Word. You do not detach yourself from fellowship and His people when unexpected seasons come uh, um, upon you. Instead, that's when you need to press in. Press into the very anchors that you built and kept you prior to that unexpected season coming upon you. And that's why you need to build ahead of time for the times when the unexpected seasons come. And this is what Corey Ten Boone said. She says, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still 
and trust the engineer. When you're going through a train, or a tunnel rather, and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and trust the engineer. In the same way, that is wisdom for unexpected seasons that come upon us. And if we can do that, then ultimately what will happen is in the end, we won't just get the advance of God's kingdom when we receive or walk in the seasons we wouldn't have expected or we won't just do what we wouldn't have otherwise done, but instead you'll get and experience what you couldn't have imagined. In the end, with the eternal perspective, see, because that's what ultimately God's trying to shape in us, right? Is an eternal perspective. Most of us live for the day-by-day pleasures. Most of us live for the weekend. Most of us live for just a sense of a retirement or a security that will be settled and secure, right? We're, we're saving up so that, and we're investing so that one day everything will be just secure and just right. But eventually when these unexpected seasons come, they shake all of that and say there's something more than the, just the temporary, right? Your days are 70 years is what the Bible says, 80 if you have the strength. And then you get to go on and face God and give an account for the life that you've led before Him. And He wants us to enter into that place of eternity, glory and friendship with Him, where He can look at every one of us and say, well done, good and faithful servants. Come and enjoy your Master's happiness. But it's got to be through the, as a response to the life forged by a prioritization of Him and His purposes. And in the end, with an eternal perspective, as we work with God, tilted towards Him to ask what He wants to do with the unexpected seasons for His kingdom advance, it will ultimately lead to exceeding joy for the believer. Exceeding joy. The unexpected seasons will lead to exceeding joy for the believer. I think about even Paul whenever he was preaching the gospel and going from place to place and planting churches in the pagan Roman world. And in Galatians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, it it talks a little bit about whenever he was going from place to place and he had an unexpected season come upon him. Now, he expected to be persecuted, right? Because the Lord told him, in every place you go, expect to be persecuted. You're going to be whipped, you're going to be stoned, you're going to be beaten. Sometimes you're going to be shipwrecked. But keep going, Paul, it's me. (laughs) And Paul's like, yes. But in in this unexpected season, he got sick. He is physically ill. He had an ailment. And that was a bit odd for the man who was laying his hands on people and seeing them by the power of the Holy Spirit healed. The very man who was driving out demons from people and seeing them delivered and put in their right minds, right? Then this man got healed, but in, um, sick. But in Galatians chapter 4, 13 to 14, he said this, You know to the Galatians, it was because... Everybody say because... He said, it was because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, church, he said, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus himself. And so the very reason that Paul slowed down enough in the region of Galatia to preach the gospel to them, because Paul was always on the move, was because of its bodily ailment. 
And he said, because of my bodily ailment, I stopped long enough in this place to preach the gospel to you. And as I stopped in this place and pressed through my bodily ailment and trusted the Lord in the midst of that unexpected season, a new church in the region of Galatia was birthed. And then eventually the good news was Paul got well. And then in the inevitability of it, he continued to move on and preach, um, plant churches and preach the gospel in regions beyond Galatia, right? But his unexpected season produced an overwhelming joy because of who responded in the midst of his unexpected season. And that's what we see at the end of that particular chapter in Acts chapter 8. It said that as the apostles stayed in Jerusalem, the other people were scattered and the word was preached wherever they went. Philip, who was one of the surviving deacons, kept preaching the word in Samaria, getting out to the places God initially told them to go. And as he was preaching in Samaria, then the good news, right, was people were responding to it. People were coming to Jesus. People were being delivered of demons. People were being healed in their physical body. And it's said that as a result, there was much joy in that city, right? Because left to themselves, they would have stayed to themselves. But because of the unexpected season, they were shaken up. And as they were shaken up, they were spread to places that otherwise they might not have gone. And as they went to those places they might not have gone, people responded to the gospel. And because of it, there was exceeding joy in that city. And that's going to be the same for us. I thank God that we're outside today. <laughs> I thank God. This is unexpected, but I thank you, God, for the new friends we've made even today. Right? I thank God that even as we go to a 5 p.m. service over this, this week or who knows the subsequent weeks, that's going to be for the expanding of God's gospel and the expanding of his kingdom in the city. Because how many people have ever tried to invite somebody to church before, but they were like, sorry, got to work. Right? Got to work in the morning. Or, sorry, I've partied too hard the night before. <laughs> right? Come on, that's real. Right? But that's, you'll be like, that's all right. 5 p.m. is your time. <laughs> 5 p.m. is your time. And it will lead to the expanding of the gospel and great joy in the city. So as we close today, just for the sake of time, I just want to read the scripture that we're all familiar with, but it's where we need to, in the midst of unexpected seasons, surprising seasons, right? Have our trust and our faith. And it's Romans chapter 8, verses 28 through 39. 28 through 39. And it says this, And we know that for those who love God, all things, everybody say all things, things. work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, even in the midst of surprising seasons, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son 
but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And everybody can say to that, Amen. Amen.